Welcome to the Outer Banks of North Carolina. I'm Chef West Step, and I'll be your host for Outer Banks Raw, a brand new podcast coming from the Outer Banks. We're going to be talking about food, fitness, lifestyle, you name it, that Outer Banks state of mind that y'all love so much. You want to plug in? Tune in here. This episode of Outer Banks Raw is brought to you by Red Sky Catering. From beach casual to elegant affairs, rehearsal dinners, and corporate events, Red Sky Catering team has been providing professional southern hospitality and creative cuisine for over 20 years in the Outer Banks. To learn more, visit redskycafe.com. Hey, everybody. This is Chef West Step, your host of Outer Banks Raw. It's a beautiful day down here on the Outer Banks. We're down here in Duck, North Carolina. What we're going to be talking about, once again, is carrying on the conversation of everything's weddings. So basically, a lot of people love coming down to the Outer Banks. It's one of the top-ranked wedding destination locations in the country. And more and more corporate events and all different kinds of events for families get together in. And I've got a really special guest today who I know quite well because we work side by side. She is a wonderful person. Ashley, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Wes. God, appreciate great. it. Great to see you here in this setting. So it's Ashley Earnhardt. She owns Southern Hospitality. We get to work a lot side by side with you. And tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah. So I have been doing weddings here in the Outer Banks since college, I moved down here during my summers in college, got my feet wet uh, with doing weddings, and then ended up moving here full time to do that. So, been in the wedding business now for over 10 years, starting in my days at the Currituck Club long time ago before starting Southern Hospitality six years ago, I bet, I think it was. So, I've been doing it on my own ever since then, up and down, up and down the beach. Where'd you go to college? James Madison. Go Dukes. All right. There you go. <laughs> you know what? We started kind of the same way because I was coming down here when I was in college, too, in the summer times and cleaning fish and cooking and short order cooking and doing all that sort of stuff. It caught us, didn't it? The it Outer Banks is like that. In. Yeah. We always joke that like once you do one summer, you either have to go and never come back again or you're stuck for life. Like right. you're just going to keep coming back and you can't ever escape it. You just fall in love. There is something magnetic about the Outer Banks, and I guess if you're listening to this podcast and you love tuning into the Outer Banks and getting that Outer Banks state of mind, what have you seen the biggest changes in that 10 years? That's a long time to be doing this kind of stuff. Absolutely. I think that in general, the biggest change I've seen is people finally sticking to their guns a little bit and really doing what's important to them. I think in the early years, it was the same wedding over and over again, right? Like right. we did all the formalities, all the traditions, it was pretty much just the same weddings, right? Rinse, wash, repeat. And now I feel like our clients are finally kind of staying true to themselves and saying, okay, I don't want to do the bouquet toss. I don't want to do the garter toss. Like these are things, yes, they're traditions, but no thanks. And we really want it to be about us. And we only want to do the things that are important to us and kind of forego some of those older traditions. I think right. that's one of the biggest changes I've seen is that we really are transitioning to like a point of weddings are focused on the actual couple and what they want to do and what's important to them. It's their event. So yeah. they're really taking advantage of that and, and making it their event, right? Absolutely. And of course, you can't see because this is a, a podcast and not a video, but <laughs> Ashley's very sweet and she's very cute. 
But I'm going to tell you what, on the events, I always looked at her, I'd tell my people, she's like a drill sergeant with a smile. I, she is like, okay, we got to be here. We got to go left. We got to go right, stage center, you know. That's my secret. That is. And I will smile until I can't any longer, and then you don't want that. <laughs> if, you're, if you're going to war or weddings, you want someone good on your side. And we get to cook a lot of the different menus and stuff like that, and a lot of the same menus, like you said. But then again, every now and then you have couples that are like, they want totally out of the box. I love that. I love being challenged by that kind of, you know, it's (laughs) like, oh, wow, they don't want, you know, your normal, just regular wedding food. They want to be out of the box. Now you as a planner and an event coordinator, do you get challenged by the out of the box weddings and which ones come to mind for you? You know what I mean? That's actually so fun for me. I mean, it is a challenge sometimes, but that's really fun. And I think it comes from a couple different forms. One that I keep having recently tents down here on the Outer Banks. I know this is such an obscure topic, right? But on the Outer Banks, we have a lot of wind and there are certain tents that do better in this windy environment. And I've had quite a lot of clients lately that really want the beautiful sailcloth tents, right? That's a challenge. There is no one down here that does the beautiful sailcloth tents and it's because they don't do well in the winds. And unfortunately, Pinterest world, right? And and all of these wedding blogs, they are showcasing these gorgeous tents and they, I mean, they're phenomenal. But so more and more clients year after year really want that sailcloth tent. And so that's a challenge trying to A, get that for them, make sure that it's possible and that it's safe on their wedding day and that we have a backup plan (laughs) in case. So we definitely are getting requests like that that are a little bit different. You know, it's always fun to outsource things like that. It's always fun to go digging and find, okay, well, where can we find this special thing that they really want that's something very important to them? Right. And you, so you just turn it on and you go like a hound dog and yep. looking for everything. We look for it. Let's say they wanted like a special black chair that no one down here carries. We're going to start looking for it. We're going to find it somewhere in the state of North Carolina or Chesapeake, Virginia, somewhere, right. you know, South Carolina. We'll find it in the surrounding states and, and we'll get it here. We'll, we'll see what we can do. You are not only an event planner. A wedding planner, but you recently got engaged. Is that correct? I did. Back uh, in March. Con- yep. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So what does the wedding planner do first? Panic. I mean, panic. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, wedding planning as a wedding planner, I think, has to be one of the most difficult things. Right. It is. So in some ways, it's obviously a no brainer, right? Like there's certain things I just know and it's easy and those are quick decisions. And then on the other side of the coin, I know too much. Right. I, I just have so many things that I've seen and that maybe I like and I want to do more things that I don't want to do. And it's just, it's too much knowledge right. to try to kind of make it into my own. And the challenge is making it not feel like work. Right. Are you going to get someone to help you with your wedding to kind of like plan the day of the event? Yes, absolutely. So I'm doing the majority of the planning just because, you know, it's That's me. That's what you do. Right, it's me. But my assistant, Bethany, who works full time with me, she is going to be the coordinator for the day. So I will definitely not be coordinating my own wedding. I will be an actual bride on the wedding day and Bethany will be running the show. You know, I think that's a testament to just how important that position is and how comfortable it is. It's like I work out with guys and it's like, you know, they like to train people, but do they have a trainer when it comes to it? If they have trainers, they're usually really good. You know what I mean? And so you've got somebody doing your job on your day. Absolutely. I would never, ever 
try to do it on my own because, I mean, it's the same reason why a bride that is a nurse for a living, like, you still want to be able to step back and enjoy your day. And that's the most important, one of the most important reasons why you hire a coordinator or a planner is to fully be present in your day. I would want the same thing for myself. Right. That's very much still a thing where if I were, could I do it? Absolutely. But I wouldn't be enjoying it. I wouldn't get to be the bride. I would be working. Right. And it's the same way if you are a bride and that's not what you do full time for a living. You're still going to be working on your wedding day right. and stressing and taking care of things that you really shouldn't be. Leave it, that to the professional. It's not really fair or effective to have a family member do that thing either. Absolutely you know what not. I mean? It's like, you know, bringing in someone from out of town and, and saying, hey, you're going to be doing this. I know you're you're wanting to help. They can hand out programs or <laughs> be an usher or, you know, there's so many other jobs and tasks and things that they can do to be very helpful. Right. Host a bridal shower, do different things. But on the wedding day, you know, if it's an aunt, a mom, or whoever, they really should be with you and with the family. That day happens one time and they should be with everyone. Let's talk a little bit about what coordinate what you do and what I do. Okay. So we're a caterer. There's a lot of great caterers down here on the Outer Banks. If you're a bride or a groom from out of town, how important is the tasting to you? I think that if you can possibly come in for a tasting, it's huge. I will say I do have quite a few clients that they can't. You know, right. they are planning from Arizona, California, Texas, wherever it may be. You know, I've even had clients planning from out of the country, deployed elsewhere, living in Europe or wherever it may be. And so they they truly cannot. And then that's when it comes to hiring a professional and trusting their advice and trusting that they know who's the right fit for you. So I think it's absolutely possible to do it without it. Right. But if you are able to come do a planning weekend or a couple days and do a tasting, I think it just shows the caliber of work. It connects you to the catering, either the chef or to the service manager or whoever it may be, and really gives you a good vibe off the bat. And I think really helps you make that decision. So most important is trusting your professional, right? right? They're going to push you in the right direction. That's why we ask a lot of questions, right? right. I, you made the the right point. There's 10 great caterers, but not all 10 might be perfect for you. Right. Right? There might be one or two that are the right fit for, for what you your as menu a client. is, what your what your expectations yep, are and your the, venue, yeah. you know, all the things, like what kind of food you want. And so I always say, yeah, there's a bunch of great options, but which ones are right for you? Let's look at those. Right. And then again, if you can taste, I mean, it just it'll make that decision be a no-brainer. Well, I remember once many years ago, and we've had we've had a lot of stunning weddings and stunning events, and some of them are just you just get off on them because they're so damn challenging. It's like, okay, we're going to cook 300 people under a tent at the Whalehead Club. Let's hope that the weather's cool. And if it's not, that's a thing about, like you, you're stoic. It's like, okay, weather's bad, still game playing too. Whatever we do, we're still charging the hill, guys, mm-hmm. you know. But we had a wedding one time where it was a serviceman. He was a helicopter pilot, and it was in Afghanistan. He was in Afghanistan and everything. And he got married, and they actually— rented a helicopter and they landed that it, was a long whale- time ago that was yeah, back I know. when i was I'm, at I'm the I'm old as the hills okay <laughs> no i was at the Curtech club at that time because i remember the helicopter landed or yep. like was, was stationed at the Curtech club in the bottom parking lot for a little bit yep in between so i remember that that all, was all those probably uh, about 10 years ago or so oh yeah and all those they were like, you know, special forces and everything. It was the whole military style wedding. Wow. And then the bride and the groom actually landed on the helicopter. You know what I mean? He so got cool. out and it was really cool. So I know you do some of these out of the box type things too. So 
Tell me a cool one or yeah. two. So I actually uh, just recently had one in May. Shout out to Edith. She's a local realtor here. And she got married in their backyard. So y'all probably know her. Super cool person and had great ideas from the beginning. And Edith just really wanted to do something out of the box, completely different than what anyone had ever seen at a wedding, any wedding she'd been to or anyone. So she says, Ashley, I would like to have like a fire dancer or something cool, something fun, like a unique experience. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So sure enough, we went and started. I did some searching, tried to find someone local, couldn't make that work, but got a great referral to a company out of Raleigh that does very, very unique entertainment. A lot of times for corporate events, you'll see like really cool entertainment for that. But They also do it for weddings. So for Edith, we had a fire dancer come in. And so during our reception, we kind of had two different breaks, right? Two entertainment breaks. And one was the fire dancing. um, And then the other was actually in the pool. She was in a sphere and danced like a performance in the sphere in the pool. Wow. And I mean, that was a first for me. I was so excited to see this come to fruition, like I think I was more excited than the bride and groom were because <laughs> I just could not, I could not wait to see it all happen. So yeah, we had two really cool performances come in and do that during the wedding. And it was a beautiful wedding. Everything else was still very traditional, but we had two really fun experiences for everyone to enjoy throughout the evening. Well, you know, I guess that just shows you the evolution of the Outer Banks and the weddings, and you've been doing it for 10 years, so you've seen a lot of evolution yourself. But it used to be back in the day, it was just getting married on the Outer Banks was challenge enough. Can we just pull it off because of the weather and because of all this stuff? But the level that I think the wedding professionals that supply from the caterings to the event coordinators, which probably is the tip of the spear to me, because I think that you guys who have been able to help brides and grooms actually achieve their vision have really had to sharpen your your sticks more to find the right people to do the job. I 100% agree. Like the florists, everyone has had to level up. Right. I 100% agree that caterers have leveled up. Definitely as planners, we have to. We're always kind of pushing that envelope and having to look further. But the florists have had to step up. Entertainment, that's had to step up. I don't know if you've seen those cold spark cannons, right? Yeah. That's the new thing that back in the day, it was just a DJ, right? right? DJ would show up, do their music. Well, now they have crazy lights and they have their own photo booths and they have light up dance floors and all sorts of crazy things. And the cold spark machines are one of those new ones that are coming out, just always having to push the envelope. We joke that the Outer Banks is a few years behind. Yeah. We are. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. We are. Like those things have all been happening five years ago right. in metropolitan areas. We're still having to do it too. We're just a little bit slower. Pinterest is a big thing, right? I mean, people see something. I know that I had a lady one time, she was talking to me about she wanted to do past hors d'oeuvres or something. And it was like a sweet potato coming out of a shot glass with a little bit of the sriracha ketchup in the bottom. I was like, that looks really good in a picture, but pulling it off is going to be difficult in this remote location. So how do you balance that? Because they are coming down with, I mean, when you're getting married, you're you're looking up that stuff and your expectations go to the next level. I think that there definitely has to be a conversation early on between Pinterest world and what's reality. Right. And so I think that we are always straddling that line of, yes, we want to push the envelope and we want to 
give you everything you're asking for, but there are restrictions. And so as long as we're very honest about that, about what we can and can't do, and I always say it's always worth asking, right? Right. So my thing is, I'm going to try. I'm going to see who I can find, who can make it work, where I can source from and do my best. But I am very realistic when I say, okay, we can maybe do this, but this exact thing that you wanted probably not going to happen. Like, and here's why, right? Not just saying no, but saying here's logistically why that's going to be difficult or why it might be not in your best interest. And I think if you explain what could go wrong, (laughs) you know, and the realistic side of it, it makes so much more sense, right? Not just saying no. If you just say no, that's going to upset someone. They're just going to be mad at you. Right. But if you say, okay, we can't do that. Here's why, but here's what we can do that's really similar, but it's going to knock it out of the park. Yes. Right? Just like pivoting giving as close as possible. If we can give them what they want, let's do it. We always try to do it. Outer Banks Weddings, you mentioned it just a second ago, and it made me think Outer Banks Weddings, pivoting is a key word, isn't it? Yes. It's like, okay, we got to pivot because of not only weather, but just all sorts of stuff, traffic. Now you do weddings from Corova to where? Overcoke. And beyond. Yeah, definitely. I've done a couple like a Norfolk wedding, Wilmington, definitely out there for traveling too. But bread and butter being here on the Outer Banks, top to bottom. Right. Now, when you get married, where are you guys located? Would you know? We just picked our venue and set the date last week, actually. So we are going to be getting married at Festival Park in Manio. Festival Park is beautiful. Yes, it is one of my very, very favorite venues. Yeah. I just love, I love Soundfront. You know, I'm a beach girl through and through. I love nothing more than sitting on the beach and reading a book and jumping in the ocean, but I enjoy being on the sound side and the peace that that brings and the, the sunset. Yeah, yeah, I just, I love, I love the sound side and the cedar shake of Festival Park is just How stunning. many are you going to have, you think? Uh, most likely inviting around 100-ish. Right. So if you invite 100, how many are you expecting as an event planner? About 75 to 80 is what I would probably foresee from that. We typically use about a 70% rule of thumb. Now, that has changed since COVID. That definitely, right at COVID times, that went to, like, that dropped drastically. Right. You were, if you were going to invite 100 in 2020, you might be going down to 40. Right. Then <laughs> go to last year where if you invited 100, you were probably going to get 90 right. because everyone was ready to just go big and they wanted to travel. They wanted to do whatever you asked of them. So that number really rose last year. We're finally evening out a little bit. We're definitely going back to the the numbers of 70%-ish, 75% kind of thing. Right. Now, uh, Festival Park, it's a state-owned facility, correct? It is, yes. Some people from out of town might not, not understand, but it's beer and wine only, it correct? It is beer and wine only, which is a deal breaker for a lot of people. Right. I have quite a few clients that love the venue, but have to have liquor. And I get that. I would much rather have a cocktail over wine and I don't like beer. So right. I get it. But yeah, it's state-owned facility. So just like Jeanette's Pier, you cannot have liquor. Elizabethan Gardens? Elizabethan Gardens, you can. Okay. It's, it's a little bit different. It's actually not technically state. So you can have beer, wine, and liquor there. Cool. Yeah. But I think there's some cool workarounds. I mean, these days, everyone's pretty happy with a White Claw. Right. So if you don't drink beer like me, you know, you can go White Claw, of course, any wine, Prosecco, that kind of thing. And then I think what we're going to do kind of as a workaround is some cool cocktails made wine-based, right? Right. Like a sake type of wine-based cocktails that can still be delicious and really fun. Or like a sangria type, something like that. I definitely am going to have some cocktails, just they won't have liquor in them. Right. And once again, you've hit yourself with a bunch of solutions instead of just, okay, I can't have liquor. Absolutely. You know what I mean? There's a ton of solutions for every single 
dilemma that's going on out there. Absolutely. Festival Park is, we've done some huge weddings down there, mm-hmm. and we're actually currently doing that Music Fest, which is being held down there. But anyway, I think it's a great venue. You're going to have live music? You're going to have a DJ? What are you thinking? Combo. Combo. I think, I think we're going to do a combo. Definitely some live music, ceremony cocktail hour, probably DJ for the, the rest of the evening. Some type of combo, though. Now, food, are you thinking plated? Or are you thinking stations? What are you thinking? That's a big question mark. So I've tackled a few things in the last week. Like that was last week was my wedding planning week. Right. <laughs> and I've tackled a few things, but where I have not gotten really any progress is the the food side of things. Right. Definitely not plated. Right. That's as much as I know. I don't know if I want stations or a buffet or even heavy hors d'oeuvres. Right. And that's something I definitely want to get my fiance involved in, which is typically what the grooms are most interested in is the food and beverage side of things. So it shouldn't be a stretch to get him interested in doing some food tastings. Yeah, that's where the dudes, they they do enjoy that part. They really enjoy that that. part. They're like, you pick everything else. I don't care what it looks like, but I want to talk about the food. So that's what I'm banking on. And hopefully that will be a joint conversation. (laughs) When it comes to food, for me, it's like, I was going to get your opinion on it, but sometimes plated dinners, a lot of people want plated dinners, but they're a little bit more challenging down here because generally there's no kitchens to work out of. Now, that doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means limit your choices down a little bit instead of a bunch of choice ofs. Typically, we like to like say, how about... You know, a surf and turf type yeah, combo. Yeah, love that's, a duo plate. That's a really good way of doing a plated dinner that, A, is going to be easier depending on your venue. So, like, let's say you're doing something like Festival Park or Whalehead where there is no kitchen, right? You are cooking out of a tent. You're cooking out of one little grill that you brought. Right. Really difficult to do three different choices and cook steak to temp and do all of those things. So, a nice duo plate really solves that issue to still have that formal plated dinner that you want but not have to worry about the kitchen side of things, but also as a bride, not having to worry about the stress of collecting your RSVPs and getting menu choices. Right. So for those that really want to play to dinner, but don't want the stress of finding out what everyone wants to eat, then categorizing it, having to give the spreadsheet to your caterer, worry about all of your escort cards that have right. the denotion of what they're eating. Like there's so many other steps involved in a plated dinner on a client side. A duo plate, something like that is a wonderful solution to and get best of both worlds. Sometimes they overthink it a little bit because we do have fail-safe plans as a team to pull off their event and their expectations. It's like, well, you know, Uncle Joe doesn't eat beef, but he'd eat the crap. Don't worry. As long as we got a list of a couple of them, what their special dietary. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, boom, we take care of Uncle Joe. And, you know, if someone's a vegan, oftentimes we'll make a plate of vegans so that you don't have to rearrange your menu all around one person's specifications. You know, 90 guests might get the same duo plate, and then you might have 10 that are all those dietary restrictions. And that's still easier on the client than it would be to, you know, specialize every little last thing. Right. Yeah. Well, some of my favorite ways to do the food for weddings is we've been challenged with one uh, we did right up here in Duck, and it was in a house, and they had continuous hors d'oeuvres rolling for the entire time. So basically, it was passed the entire time, constantly different courses. That's challenging, but it's a fun way to eat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I love that. The chef's board, which we do at NC Coast, is like one of the most popular things now going, you know, in the food zone down here. And that's because when it comes out, there is a ton of different stuff. It kind of looks like family style. Right. Wouldn't you agree? The presentation of the boards yeah. are just incredible. And so I do think that for a client that's looking for that wow factor. Right. There is nothing better than dropping that eight-foot-long board with 10 different menu items on it, like beautifully placed, all decorated. I mean, there's just nothing better than that to wow your guests. Yeah. You can have family coming in from out of town? or Absolutely. Yeah. 
what do you advise them? Because you want Uncle Joe and Aunt Harriet and all as many people as you can to come down here. And you mm-hmm. want it to be as easy and painless as possible for them, right? What do we so do here? I'm doing the same thing that I think almost everyone does right. when they have their Outer Banks wedding. So even though I live here, it's still... I want the same thing that other Outer Banks brides and grooms want. I still want that experience. So we're talking about renting houses, a couple of ocean fronts in Nags Head, and having as much of our family and friends come and stay all week long with us, right? right. That's what I think is so unique about the Outer Banks and why so many people are drawn to it. For the most part, the wedding is not just one day, right? right. It's not like getting married back home in your town where everyone just comes for the one night, the rehearsal dinner, the wedding, and then they go home, right? Or they all live in town. For us, it's the whole week of events. Right. It's having the family all come in for the week, doing beach days every day. It's having an oyster roast and a barbecue night. It's having our families play guitar outside in the evenings and kind of jamming and, and some of our families meeting for the first time, the siblings and that kind of thing. So we still want that. Like that's exactly what we're going for right. is that week of family and friend time and getting as many people to stay as long as we can. So the wedding's actually gonna be on a Thursday, which is another really popular thing in the Outer Banks is doing weekday weddings. Like, yes, we absolutely do Friday, Saturday weddings all the time. But we also do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, (laughs) and Thursday. When you're on vacation, every day, Saturday, right? Every day, you know? So you check into your house on a Saturday or Sunday. You have a couple days, get married in the middle of the week, and then you have a few more days. And that's kind of the concept we're doing, too, with the Thursday wedding in that we really want everyone to come that weekend, spend the whole week with us, and then still relax a couple days after the wedding before they have to go back home. So, yeah, we're doing doing the same thing that a lot of our clients do. I think that's one of just the coolest things about Outer Banks weddings. It's what people want. It's what draws them. And it's what makes it so memorable, right? right? It's not just a day. It's the vacation of, you know, of a lifetime that you'll always remember with all your family and friends. You know, one thing about destination weddings too is for the guests to think of something different is like if you're back home getting married, you generally like rehearsal dinner, you just take out the wedding party. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, we're going to go out, we're going to go to our favorite restaurant, we're going to eat dinner, and then we're, you know, to do that. When you're having a destination wedding down here, rehearsals sometimes will stump them. They're going, well, because if you invited everybody, it's hard to just say, okay, we're only going to get a dozen of you here out of this whole party. So we found ourselves doing a lot of like clam bakes, barbecues, Mm -hmm. that sort of like comfort food type central you know around the pool event yep the day before the wedding and that does not go into conflict or competition with the main event which is absolutely the reception right absolutely and so you help them with the whole week you help them with the day you help them with all of it Mm -hmm. or how, how are you set up so it just depends on what each individual client wants some of them it is just the day and some people definitely still do that same you know especially seasonally i would say spring and fall a lot of our weddings that time of year are still weekends right we see a lot of people that just come in on thursday friday and stay till sunday monday that's super normal especially for the shoulder season summertime definitely you see people here for the whole week that's when you get a lot more of those weekday weddings but so it really just depends on each client and what they're looking for i definitely work with some that it's just rehearsal and then wedding And then others will do whole nine yards, right? We'll do, I've got one actually coming up in August, and they are planning super cool events every single day of the week. Um, They're staying at the Black Stallion, 
And literally every day has a theme. Like there's a pool party day with a barbecue. There's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's an Italian night, a taco night. So right. every day has a really fun activity that they're going to do either at the house or adjacent in Kerala. And then it has catered food throughout, right? Right. And bartenders and all this fun. And then, of course, we have the wedding day. We have the morning after brunch. We have so much going on. And so I've been helping them for the entirety of the week to plan all those activities and create that week that they're going for. And that's a fun week because so we, fun. we're involved in those kind of things all the time where we do the chef's on call service, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And either drop off food or whatever. And I know for us personally, I mean, like if we do multiple events with somebody, we give them discounts. So it sounds like, oh my God, it sounds like a lot of money doing all this. I mean, you know, it is an investment, but it's investment in a week that's going to last a lifetime. It's you know? really probably not that much different than going to Harris Teeter and getting all the groceries and then the sweat equity that and you put sweat in. So equity. that's kind of always my catch-22 is I'm all for if we need to save money, we save money. But you have to put a price on your sweat equity yep. and what you're going to be missing out on. If it means you miss a whole beach day to do something – Let's maybe reconsider. Yeah. That's a big part. And that goes the same with like a DIY wedding scenario. There is something to be said for like, what is that balance of cost savings versus time savings? Right. Right. And just headache savings. You know what I mean? Ashley, I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate you coming today and how much I appreciate talking to you and working with you. For me, it's like... When we get done with a wedding or an event, it's like you go through the normal paces and everything, but there's a real sense of accomplishment Mm -hmm. when everything comes together well. A lot of the wedding memories I can come back to that consistently come out well is when you're leading up the charge on the other side. I call that the giddy moment. Yes. I get really giddy, and that's what I call that. When you know that you just knocked it out of the park and everyone is so happy. I'm going to tell you what, I bet you there's not a single wedding you've ever done that you don't have a personal relationship of one kind or another with that with that couple. I love my people. Yeah. And you know what? That's what makes you and your position invaluable, because when you are from out of town, you're armed with all the knowledge of a wedding planner on the Outer Banks. And you still find yourself scattered on occasions, you know what I mean? And wondering, should I go left or should I go right? You can imagine the quandary of someone from Philadelphia or San Francisco or whatever and saying, hey, you know what? We went we went there when we were kids and I feel at home there. And I'd mm-hmm. like for us to start our lives there, even though we're going to be coming back to San Francisco or wherever we're going. It's just great to have a liaison and someone that's leading the charge. And we appreciate you being here. Now, if I'm going to get married, <clears throat> okay, anyway, uh, <laughs> how do I find, how do I find you? I am southernhospitalityweddings.com is my website. On Instagram, it's just southernhospitalityobx. Those are the two best places to find me. You can always shoot me an email. I'm happy to answer any questions that potential brides and grooms have. It's daunting, right? When you start just Googling, I think you hit the nail on the head of coming from across the country, but you haven't been here in 10 years. Right. It's daunting. And so I'm always happy to set up a complimentary consultation call and just start going over those those questions. What does that dream look like? What are the things that are stressing you out? And, and can we achieve that dream for you? So happy to set up any calls and answer questions that people might have. Hey, one more thing. You were 
until recently the president of the Outer Banks Wedding Association. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Okay, so the Outer Banks Wedding Association is another great source of information on finding different kinds of vendors. So if I'm just kind of like blindly Googling something on the Outer Banks. OBXWA.com. The Wedding Association has been around for over 20 years and has just such great resources, blog posts for inspiration, all of the different vendors that are members of the association. So it is certainly a great resource. Uh, And I'm still a board member, just no longer in my term as president, but definitely a great resource for anyone just getting their feet wet looking for an Outer Banks wedding. Yep. My chief operating officer is also a board member, Bridget, who leads up a lot of our caterings on from our side. But anyway, once again, thank you for your service to the Wedding Association and thank you for your service to all those brides and grooms out there. (laughs) Thank you for having me today. It was a pleasure. All right. Take it easy. So there you have it. Another episode of Outer Banks Raw, recipes for living and vacationing down here on the Outer Banks of North Carolina. If you love the Outer Banks, then don't forget to subscribe or hit follow on Outer Banks Raw. This is Chef West Depp. Till next time, Outer Banks Raw. Later. <laughs>